we've been engaged in a series for several weeks now, uh, and we're calling it Body Parts. And the very first week, we kind of talked a little bit about the game of operation and, and kind of the history behind that. But what we're in essence doing is looking at God's, a couple things, looking at God's miraculous design of our human body, but at the same time, using that to talk about the body of Christ. Paul did that when he wrote in 1 Corinthians. He took the various parts of the human body and he likened them to the giftings of God in the body of Christ. I've been saying to you that God did not just create parts, he created systems. Not just parts, not just hands and ears and eyes, but he created systems by which those parts function. While the systems may be distinct in their function, they all have this interconnectivity, if you will, with the various other systems and parts of our body. And so, so far, we have looked at uh, a variety of systems. We've looked at the skeletal system. Uh, we've looked at the respiratory system, the circulatory system, uh, the digestive system. And last week, uh, Pastor Josh talked to us about our muscular system. The whole time, uh, he, he did a fine, uh, an excellent job. Uh, he was talking about us flexing, remember? Flexing our muscles, right? Our, the ability to flex our muscles. I couldn't help the whole time that he was sharing, uh, thinking about a verse in the book of James. James 2.18 says this, I will show you my faith by what I do. It's like Paul was saying, I'm going to flex my faith muscles by, by demonstrating to you uh, uh, doing things in faith. Now, I want to remind you, I want to start here again this morning. Uh, I, I ha there's a reason why, and it will come to its complete uh, fruition uh, by the end of our time together talking about this. But almost every week I've started you with this verse out of 1 Corinthians 12, 18. If you could put that up on the screen there. It says here that God has arranged the parts in the body. I said to you the very first week we looked at this verse, you could say the same thing about the systems, the systems of our body. God has arranged the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. It is not by accident that we are we have the parts that we do and the systems that we do. It is not by accident that God pours out his gracious gifts to the body of Christ and, and, and within the operation of those gifts, there are certain systems in play uh, that you and I uh, need to uh, be aware of. All of our parts and systems have been divinely designed by God to function in a particular way. <clears throat> the systems have to work together in order for the parts to function as they should. 
God has given us these giftings that serve to play a part in the body of Christ within the systems he has arranged. Now, today I'd like to talk to you about yet another system within our body, not only within our human body, but within the body of Christ, metaphorically. The system I'd like to talk to you today about is the neurological system. We've talked about the skeletal, the respiratory, the circular, the digestive, the muscular system. Today, I'd like to zero in on the neurological system. Within the neurological system, there are two types of systems, voluntary and involuntary. So in our neurological makeup, there are some things that are going on voluntarily and some things going on involuntarily. Uh, the involuntary system, uh, you and I have little or no control over. Uh, they, they, there are times, like uh, for instance, I'll use my own life for an example. Uh, many of you know I have the shakes, shaky jakey they call me, right? And that is a bit of a breakdown in my neurological system. My nerves are telling my brain to move my muscles when my muscles don't need to be moving, right? And I have no control over that. I don't care how much I think about not doing it. Like, don't shake, don't shake, don't shake, don't shake. Whatever you do, don't shake. I still shake, right? But they have given me some medication that has helped with that. I, want, I, I, I dare say it, it, it hasn't removed it, but it, it certainly over the years has helped a little bit with that. Instead of, uh, uh, you know, spilling my glass of water from the table to my mouth, I only spill half a glass, right? <laughs> so uh, it's helped a, helped a little bit. But uh, in large part, this involuntary system that God has arranged in our bodies we have little or no control over. For instance, uh, we spoke a couple weeks ago about our uh, respiratory system. Your, your uh, nervous system is actually uh, telling your body to breathe. I think I said to that to you a few weeks ago, thank God we don't have to remember to breathe, right? Like, okay, take a breath, and then remember to do it a few seconds later. Thank God he has arranged our bodies in such a way that our involuntary nervous system knows how to keep us breathing, our heart beating, uh, our metabolism running at a certain rate. I've been asking God to increase that a bit on my behalf. But uh, anyways, your, your involuntary nervous system uh, does all that for you. Uh, not only is your brain communicating uh, some things to your neurological system, your neurological system is communicating uh, back to your brain. And so there's this two-way uh, communication thing going on. And uh, for instance, when you, when you uh, start to feel that urge that maybe you have to go to the bathroom, that is your nervous system at work, uh, sending signals where it needs to, uh, to give you the indication that you need to do something about that, right? So there's this involuntary system uh, that works within us. 
But I want to spend our time today talking about the voluntary part, the voluntary part. That is the system uh, within us that God has arranged that we do have uh, some say in, right? So in that system, in the voluntary system, I don't want anybody to be confused. There's involuntary, voluntary, but within the voluntary system, there are a couple things at work. There is your nervous system and your sensory, sensory system in play, right? You know what the sensory system is, right? Your sight, your hearing, touching, uh, what else? Taste, uh, I'm missing one. What, what, what do I got? Smell, smell, I'm missing the smell. All of those things are working in conjunction with your nervous system to help you communicate uh, with the outside world around you, what's going on in your, uh, in your world. Now, <clears throat> this part of the nervous system takes in information through our senses, processes that information, and triggers an action or reaction uh, for you and I to have to the world around us. For instance, it it, uh, we see something happening and uh, we realize that I need to move, right? I need to get out of the way. Uh, we see, uh, you know, we smell something and we go like, oh, wow. Just earlier this morning, the, the dumpster's a little, little stinky out back here. And as people have been coming in through the back door, it's like, well, what died, right? Something died. It's telling you, it's giving you information that something's uh, going on in the world around you. Now, <clears throat> I, um, let me just move this out of the way for just a second. I wanted to uh, tell you another way. I, uh, one of the ways that your involuntary system works is if you start to heat up, uh, it's sending signals, like you're getting too hot. It sends signals to your a brain, and then your brain sends signals for you to start sweating, right? Like, you, it just happens. You don't say, okay, I'm going to sweat now. It just happens. You start sweating, and the reason you do that is that's your body's effort to try to cool you down. That's what's happening when you're sweating. You're like, okay, why am I sweating? Your body is telling itself that it needs to cool down. But on the voluntary side, there's other things that you can do as well, like decisions I can make, choices I can make to help me cool down. I could uh, take some cold water, pour it in a cup, right, and have a drink. <clears throat> there's that nervous system at work there. <laughs> I, could, I could take a drink of cold water to help me cool down, right? That's what we do. Voluntarily, we say, you know what? I'm feeling hot right now. I need to get, a, I need to get some cold water. A another way that you could do it is take a cup of cold water and throw it. <laughs> I put some tissues in there to soak up the water. <laughs> That was just for you, right? <laughs> now, you had, I'm so thankful you jumped, okay? 
Because if you didn't jump, this next part that I'm saying, I would have had to skip right over, right? <laughs> the reason you jumped is because through your senses, you saw me pour water into this cup. If I would have never poured that water into that cup, you would have never jumped. You are reacting based upon information that you have received, you are reacting to the world around you. We all do it. We do it day and night, night and day. We're doing it, all right? Now, when it comes to this area of our, our neurological system, our nerves and our sen sensory system, what is the connection between that and the spiritual system that God has set in place. He has set in place a sensory system, a neurological system, if you will, for us to be able to navigate our world spiritually. It's in place. And I thought about this. I thought, man, I could go a million different directions with this thing, right? I could talk to you this morning about how God is, and I will for just a moment, how God wants to communicate with you, right? He wants to talk with you. It's about us learning his voice and how he speaks to us so that we know what he's saying and so that we can react appropriately uh, to the world around us. Um, there are a whole variety of ways that we could come at this, but the way that I felt like the Lord wanted me to talk to you about this today is to talk to you about discernment. Discernment. I'm going to say it again. Discernment. Now, every week I've been giving you some fun facts about the different systems within our body. Did you know that the fastest signal transmission in your neurological system happens at a rate of 268 miles an hour. That's really fast. For those of you who are NASCAR fans, that's faster than the NASCAR thing goes, right? 268 miles per hour. Like just a moment ago when I went to, you thought I was going to throw water on you, right? There was a signal that got sent that went really, really, really fast, right, in that moment, right? Whoa, what's going on here, right? 268 miles per hour. Did you know that <clears throat> we lose neurons? Neurons are the cells that are transmitting information throughout your body, right? Did you know that we lose cells, uh, neurons as we age. Mr. Britton, have I got that right? Okay, he's giving me the thumbs up. He's our resident biologist. I go to him to see if I'm accurate or not. Now, now some of you may think, oh yeah, I've seen old people. They, they're missing some neurons, right? Did you know that you start to lose them when you turn 20 years old? So there's this It starts early. So some of you younger folks in here, looking at some of us older folks, we've lost a few more than you have, but you're losing some, all right? It's, 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 uh, it's, 
I know I've lost them, right? I got to tell you a quick funny story. I don't have this in my notes, but I've been, I, I, I told it to somebody here not long ago. You all remember, many of you remember who Bert Mark was, right? He was almost 100 years old. He was a part of our congregation here. A number of years ago, uh, when he was probably in his 90s, we were at a graduation party together. And uh, we was down back here, actually, at the church at the pavilion. And he was having a hard time. He was kind of not real mobile at that point. And so I went to him and I said, hey, Bert, can I get your food for you? You know, I'll go up and go through the line and get whatever food you'd like. And he said, oh, that'd be really, really great. So I went up and I surveyed the table and I came back and I brought a report to him and I said, there's potato salad, macaroni salad. I don't know. If I don't remember what the word. I, I remember the potato and macaroni salad. And there's, you know, this, that, and the other thing. I said, what do you like? He said, I like a little bit of everything. I said, okay. So I go up and I put all the stuff on his plate. I take the plate back to him. He's eating, 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 eating. A few minutes later, I th- I, I, a little bit later, I went back to him and I, I thought, well, I'll see if he wants any more or anything. And this is what Bert said to me. He said, this has to do with your neurons, okay? He said, you know, I think people think that when people get older, they lose their sense of taste. But I'm here to tell you, this is the worst potato salad I have ever had. <laughs> This is the worst potato salad. So, now, Bert had lost, he had lost a bunch of neurons by that time. But he hadn't lost enough that he didn't know that that potato salad was absolutely horrible, right? I, I, so I said to him, I said, so you don't want any more potato salad? He said, no, I don't, no more potato salad. Cancel on the potato salad. So, all right, this is some fun facts about our system. Here's what God's word says to us. The neurological system is an amazing system of communication for our bodies. But I believe in the wisdom of God that he's given us the same type of system within the body of Christ. There are so many ways, as I said, I could talk to you about this But I want to talk to you about discernment. Remember, every week I've shared with you, I've said to you that there there are three dimensions to this thing. There is the individual dimension, the local body or church dimension, or the at-large body of Christ dimension. I'd like to start by talking to you about discernment as it relates to us individually. God wants to be in communication with us. The Bible clearly indicates that he is our head of the body of Christ. He is our head. Let me say it to you another way. He's the brains of the operation. He is, it's his mind we're going for, right? We are meant to be receiving needed information from him, and he is also there receiving communication from us as we pour out our hearts to him. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 2.16 that in Christ, we have the mind of Christ. That's what it says. In Christ, if you have come to Christ 
and made him the leader of your life, you have available to you the mind of Christ. This is conveying to us that as believers, as followers of Christ, we are able to receive the needed information we need to know from God himself. And that's not meant to be spooky. That's not meant to be weird. That's simply saying that we have oriented our hearts and our lives in such a way that God can speak to us. We have ears. We, we were listening for his heart in our life. Now the question is, how does that take place? I have an answer for you. It's in 1 Corinthians 2.14, which says, The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. Let, let me just clarify that. What Paul is saying is, is that if you haven't embraced Christ, if you haven't embraced God, if you haven't turned your heart towards Him and, and linked up with Him, I'll say it that way, then you, you, the, your ability to discern what God is saying, what He is doing, is impaired. You got it? It's impaired. You, you just can't get it, right? But then it goes on to say, for they are, uh, this is talking about those who uh, are unable to hear or accept things from God. He said, for they are foolishness to them, and they cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. Spiritually discerned. What this is saying is that for that person who's not in tune with God, there is a breakdown in the spiritual, neurological communication system. In the natural, we all know this, in the natural, when the neurological system is not working as it should, people have trouble learning and moving. We all know that, right? We send people to therapy to help them try to improve that part of their life, right? If it is severe enough, if this breakdown is severe enough in someone, it leads to them being paralyzed. If the neurological system in the natural is it, if, it, if there's such a severe breakdown in that, it will cause somebody not to be able to move at all. Again, we all know that. Paul is saying that the one who does not have the mind of Christ, there is a spiritual uh, inability to pick up what God is putting down. Can I say it that way? There, 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 there's a dense there that they're unable to receive transmission of needed information but then Paul says uh, he talks about things being spiritually discerned so let's spend just the last few moments talking about what is discernment what is what does it mean to discern I want to start by quoting to you Romans 12, 2, 
which says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We get a window into the understanding of what discernment here. And simply put, discernment is nothing more than the ability to decide between what is right and what is wrong. The ability to decide between what is true and what is false. I wrote here in my notes, this is vital for today. Hello? We have a ton of stuff being thrown at us. A ton of information that's coming our way, and you and I got to sort through it. We've got to discern what is accurate and what is inaccurate. What is true, what is false. You know, just recently in the last week or so, as this thing's been going down over in Israel, right? There is a ton of information coming, right? Oh, Israel did this, Israel. And I'll tell you, if we aren't proficient in our discernment, which, by the way, it appears there is a bunch of people who aren't proficient in that, and they're out there doing stuff with not good information in their hearts and minds. We're dealing with it all the time. So I'd like to talk to you about discernment here. In the natural, your neurological system has learned that you do not touch a hot stove. If the burner is red hot on the stove, you have learned. You've learned it. Somewhere along the way, you picked up, don't touch that stove. Why? You'll get burned. But not just burned, that's going to hurt, right? That is going to hurt. Through your sensory of information that's come, and maybe you tried it once or two, you touched something that was hot, and your neurological system said, don't do that again. That's going to hurt. Right? We know that in the natural. Now, if somebody, if somebody said, watch, I can touch that hot stove, there's one or two things going on right there, okay? There's one or two things. Either their nervous system is so shot that they can't feel pain anymore, or the sensory part in them is broke, and they don't know enough not to touch the hot thing, right? For a healthy person, I'm talking in the natural now, for a healthy person, you have come to discover that is not what I want to do. For an unhealthy person, they touch the stove anyways. Now, the principle carries over into the spiritual, right? You should have learned, we should have learned, I should have learned, not, that there's certain things I should not do. 
Because that will not end well. There's going to be pain associated with it. There's going to be trouble associated with it. And so I have learned, don't do that. Whatever that is, don't do that. Okay, so let me see where I'm at here. Literally, let me see where I'm at. Now, some of you may be here this morning and you're saying to yourself uh, in talking about this subject of discernment, um, some might say, well, I don't have the gift of discernment. I don't have that. And I just want to say to you, first of all, the gift that is mentioned in Scripture in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 is not the gift of discernment. It's the gift of discerning of spirits. There's a difference between those things. All of us as followers of Christ should be looking to be trained in, our, in the area of discernment. It's our neurological, our spiritual neurological system that God has set in place for us to help us to know where to proceed and where not to proceed, right? Now, I, I, uh, this is just a shameless plug for you, Kathy. If you don't know what the gift of the discerning of spirits is, I want to invite you to come out to a class that's going to start in a couple weeks that Kathy will be teaching, where she'll be teaching about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you a little hint. If you want to read about the exercising of that gift, go to your Bibles and read chapter Acts, uh, chapter 16 in the book of Acts. You will see that gift at work in Acts 16. I'm not going to give you any more than that. You'll have to read it for yourselves. The spiritual neuro- neurological system of discernment is something we should all be growing in. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 13 and 14 says, For anyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. It's right there. It's in plain sight, right? One translation says it this way, who by constant use, talking about discernment, have trained their senses to distinguish good from evil. Discernment intersects every area of our, of our lives, of our Christian life. One of the keys to living a healthy Christian life as part of the body of Christ, Christ lies in the ability to exercise discernment in critical moments. One final thought about that. Discernment <clears throat> is the ability For us to be in a situation and try to hear God's heart and know which direction to take, right? But but having, having discernment does not mean I have a license to have a critical spirit. Let me say that again. I don't want you to miss this. Having discernment does not give me the license 
to have a critical spirit. Now, you might ask, why do you say that? It is my experience, and, and it's, a, it's a lifelong one, all right? It's my experience uh, that there have been times when people say that they are discerning something, and whenever people come to me and say that, I buckle up. I get my helmet of salvation on, I give my shield of faith because I've discovered that I'm about ready to get blasted. They got something. And usually it's being critical about something maybe I've done or someone else has done. Uh, and, and so just because you have discernment, which I'm not saying they don't, I'm just saying because you, you have some discernment there does not give you the license to be critical or judgmental. Hello? I, I thought maybe I had the right crowd. Okay, so whenever those moments arrive, when you're discerned, first, first and foremost, discernment is for you. It's not about you with your antenna going up. Oh, there's something wrong here. Something wrong. I'm heating up. Oh, there's something wrong. No, discernment is for first and foremost for you. It's for me. It's for me to navigate the different challenges that, that, that are thrown at us, right? I'm trying to comprehend and understand. God, what are you saying? What are you doing? I, 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 I take his word and I, I, I search it to find out, is there something in here that's going to, there is something in here that's going to help me to know what to do in every given turn. It's for me to stay on the right road. It's for me to stay in the right attitude of heart. That's first and foremost what discernment is. And there may be those times when God, you know, gives you the release to say something to someone that you sense may be happening in their life. But when you do that, do it with all gentleness. That's what the Bible says. Do it with all gentleness. Don't run over somebody. You know, you. oh, I'm discerning, I'm discerning a... Over they go. In the, in the office years ago, we Scott made me aware of this, this group back in the 90s. I think it was back in the 90s calling, called the Swirling Eddies. And they did some parody on Christian behavior. They were Christians doing parody on the stuff that we do, right? And one of the things in their stick is whenever something was done that had the potential of hardening someone's heart, right? They would ring this bell in the distance. Oh. Ding! Another heart hardened to the gospel. And so often that's how, sadly, this gift that God has given us, that's a tremendous thing we need at work within us and in place in the body of Christ, but so often when it gets used, I hear the bell ringing. Ding! Another heart hardened to the gospel of Christ. When we use this gift in trying to bring some help and correction to others, we need to do it with all 
gentleness. Which brings me from the individual to the local body, the church. While each individual must look to having a healthy, working, spiritual nervous system of their own for the well-being of the greater body of Christ, it is also vitally important that a local church has a good sense of discernment. Our local body has a sense of discernment. We are living at a time when local churches seem to be going down roads that will not fare well for them. Of the, I, I noticed this observation. Of the seven churches that God spoke to in Revelation, several of them were admonished for their lack of discernment. You know, there was one about love growing cold. There was one about being neither hot uh, not, neither hot nor cold, but if you read of all the churches there, at least three of them, he said, I have this against you. You go, you do things, you go down roads you shouldn't be going down. Somewhere along the way, their discernment button or sensation wasn't working. Did you know that probably over two-thirds of the letters of the New Testament wouldn't have need to have been written if it wasn't for the fact that local churches were having a hard time discerning what was right and what was wrong. That's why the letters were written. Let me example. When Paul wrote to the believers in Galatia, he said this, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? What's that tell you? It tells you that somewhere they got off the beaten path. He says this about them in chapter 5, verse 7. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? So here we got letters written to churches. We all know about the Corinthian church. They were messed up, right? And Paul's writing these letters that we have in our, in our, in our Bible to try to, to cause them to think God thoughts again, right? To think right thoughts, to think truth thoughts. I suggest to you this morning that um, as a local church, we must have a healthy neurological system able to discern what is the heart of God. We must have people in places of influence who have a healthy discernment at work in their own lives. And that they would be mature enough in that, that they're actually able to help others learn what is right and what is wrong. It's not about a few select people claiming they have the gift of discernment. That's not what we're after. We're after a collective coming, growing moving higher in the level of discernment so that we're moving together as a local body in what God's heart is. It's not just a matter of those who hold the fivefold offices of the church, the pastor, the teacher, the prophet, evangelist, or apostle. It's not about them just having good discernment. It's about all of us growing in discernment. It's our nervous system. It is the system that helps us to know how to proceed ahead or how to step back. It's the thing that helps us understand what to do. The gifts of God, the things that He's given us, that being an ear and an eye or a hand or a foot, all of that works best 
when the nervous system is working properly. If the nervous system isn't working properly, it makes it very difficult for those gifts to function properly. I want to talk to you in closing about the at-large body of Christ. I've been saying to you week after week that the other systems, uh, in the same way we've looked at the other systems, the at-large body of Christ will have a healthy sensory system to the degree that local churches have a healthy sensory system. And local churches will have a healthy sensory system to the degree that the individuals in that church have a healthy sensory system. You understand what I'm trying to say? Like it works best when it's working well in my life. The enemy of our souls knows that interrupting the transmission of information from God to our souls is debilitating. If we aren't walking in discernment, if we're just ignoring all the signs and the signals and just, well, I'm going to go into this anyways, it, you're, 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 debil- you're becoming spiritually debilitated. It will affect your ability to learn, to move, and if left unchecked, it will paralyze you spiritually. In Scripture, we see that Jesus healed a number of people from leprosy. Leprosy. Many have thought that leprosy is a disease of the skin, like a rash or an eczema or something like that. But if you look it up, you can take the time to look it up for yourself. Leprosy is actually classified as a disease of the nervous system. There is a bacteria that ends up destroying the nerve endings and you're no longer able to receive the signals. Therefore, people with advanced leprosy experience a loss of physical pain. When these people cannot sense touch or pain, they tend to injure themselves and be unaware of the injury caused by an outside agent. In fact, I read this this week, some leprosy patients have had their fingers eaten off in the middle of the night by rats and never knew it. Never knew it. Never knew it because their nervous system had been severely damaged. God has arranged this system He has made this system, not only for our natural bodies to function properly, but the spiritual body of Christ to function well. And when one part or another part of the body isn't exercising proper discernment, can you hear me? It affects the rest of the body. None of us are an island unto ourselves. Okay, let me give you a quick closing example. Like, like when a pastor decides to go off into sin, right? He's thinking, you know, his, his sensory system is broke. Something's wrong. Right? Right? Remember, it's in place to help me to know where to proceed and where not to proceed. And if we know from God's word and the Holy Spirit speaking in my heart, 
don't go there. And yet the pastor does anyways. I'm using a pastor because I am one. And the pastor does anyways. That doesn't just affect his life. It affects the whole nervous system. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? It has a huge dampening effect on the body of Christ. For sure that local church, wherever he pastored, or she pastored, whatever the case, but it also affects the greater body of Christ. You know why? Because it ends up on TV. And then, uh, and then it's a reflection of all of us. And if everybody would just sense what God is saying and do what God is saying, we'd have a much healthier neurological system. Right? So I want to pray for us this morning. I want to pray. I want to pray for us collectively, but I also want to pray individually. And maybe you would join me in that prayer. I want to pray, Lord, give me the healthiest neurological, spiritual neurological system I can possibly have to know how to best navigate this world and this life. Stand with me if you would, please. May I remind you, if you are here today and you have embraced Christ with your life, you have the access to the mind of Christ. You have access. You, you shouldn't be sitting there saying, well, I don't know what God wants. You have access to the mind of Christ. Give your time and your energy to reading about his mind in here. Poise yourself in such a way that the Holy Spirit is able to speak to you. You have access to the mind of Christ. You can grow in your ability to discern. I'm th I thank God, as I stand here before you today, that I have better discernment at 63 years age than I had at 23 years old. I have better discernment. I I've touched enough hot stoves in the, in the spirit to know, don't touch that. Where before, you know, you just say, oh, I've been plodding along here. God can grow us up in this area. But if you're at 63 and you haven't figured it out from 23, something's broke. Something is broke. And trust me, there's 63-year-olds that haven't figured it out yet. If you're here today and you haven't pointed your heart in the proper direction. You, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Your, your heart is not first and foremost after God's will for your life. Then you are going to find it very difficult to be able to discern, especially as it gets more complicated in these last days. You're going to have a hard time discerning what's right, what's good, what's, what's uh you know, evil and good and all those kinds of things. And I just want to pray this morning, God, grow us up in this area of, our, of, of the body of Christ. Grow us up, Lord. Grow us up. Teach us. Train us. Lord, I know you're, there's going to be situations we find ourselves in that we, we don't uh, succeed. 
But Lord, don't let that, you waste nothing. Don't let that moment go by without me saying to myself, yeah, right, I, I should have listened to God. I should have listened to God. I should have God done what God wanted me to do. So Lord, grow us up in this area. I pray for, I pray for mentors uh, for each of us in, in this arena, Lord, that there would be, we would come alongside people who have even better discernment than we do so that we can glean from them what, uh, how best to proceed ahead. That none of us would see ourselves as islands unto ourselves, just, you know, trying to, uh, you know, do it on our own, but that we would partner with others, Lord. And that together, collectively, as a local body and as the greater body of Christ at large, we would be exercising, in these days, Lord, we would be exercising much healthier uh, discernment and, and having our neurological system in good working order. We ask for your Holy Spirit help in these matters. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.